guess I don't know. Hello? Hello? Is anyone out there? Well, three, two, one. Mike is live, I hope. Check the uh, audio mixer. Yeah, it is. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. It, it's uh, just after a work day today. It is 4.09 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, February the 19th, the year of our Lemmy 2019. Uh, welcome to episode, this is 4.5, episode 4.5 of the critically acclaimed, internationally known, maybe, uh, Rated R for Rooster podcast. If you notice, if you guys are watching uh, on YouTube or on the website, dammitrooster.com, I am not wearing the Rated R shirt. The normal one, that's in the wash. I do have the podcast one that's available on my Public. Uh, I have to remember to drop a link. I have to remember to do that. Um, I should totally write that down. Uh, I should do it right now, because why not? Um, today, I'm wearing the Rated M for Mishpucha. That's what it says. If you can see it there on the video. Rated M for Mishpucha. Um, I designed this shirt for a buddy of mine. Goes by the name of Jared. He sells it on his Tee Public. So let me just write this down. Tee Public Links. Just for the video, so I remember, because I'll totally forget. Um, this is episode 4.5. Because uh, I just came back from vacation. Vacation. I never take vacations. Um, but I did this weekend. Uh, I left on Valentine's Day morning. Maybe. I left the house around 4 o'clock in the morning. Some absurd time like that. Uh, and I got back uh, in the house before 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time last night. That was on the 18th. Spent a good couple days away from everything. Uh, if you all follow me on social media, and I hope you do. Um, you can see that, that I was pretty, pretty away from it for the most part. Um, I, I use buffer to send out like pre-composed tweets, like for my schedule, my streaming schedule for this week. I had that set to go out yesterday morning. You know, I was still in Memphis. Um, so again, this is episode 4.5. Not again. I never said it in the first place. This is episode 4.5 because it's like, I've been missing doing this. I'm not saying that I was dwelling on it the whole time I was on vacation, but I thought about it. Like, well, you know, it. I didn't do an episode this past weekend because I was on vacation, and then y'all are going to have to wait until this coming weekend, this Saturday, uh, for me to even record episode five uh, with the homie uh, Dan, a.k.a. Fourth Room Brooming. Brooming? It's been a long day. Uh, did I mention I just got off stream like 12, 12, 12 minutes ago? Something like that. Um, but this was something that I was talking about on the day-to-day today um that i might do it i wasn't 100 percent sure but here i am here i am in all my uh post stream magnificence if y'all are watching again on youtube or on the website dammitrooster.com i'm still wearing my america hat uh i'm still wearing jared's shirt it's not his actual shirt it's my size it's an adult size um i was playing american truck sim and I knew that when I came back from vacation, I didn't want to do anything like super heavy duty. Like Anthem is available for me to play right now. As you can see, the Xbox is on. It's downloading. Um, I want to do just like really slow motion. I can get back into the swing of it real easy. You got to ease into it like anal. You know what I mean? Uh, so I chose American Truck Sim. I had the, the steering wheel all hooked up and all that good stuff. And I had a good time. I put a couple thousand miles on my fake truck and I had a blast with it. Um... And one of the reasons I wanted to do this somewhat episode was was to talk about my trip and like why I needed it. Um, I felt for like for the last like right now it's February, right? I felt for the last maybe six months, if not more, from September, easily from September two thousand eighteen, 
I've been feeling a case of the burnout. Uh, and any of you that do what I do, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, you just when when you when you give it all you got every day, without fail. You know what I mean. I have a schedule for those of you who don't know. It's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday to Friday. Uh, but I was actually talking about it today that what you don't see is that I put in more hours off camera than I do on camera. The easiest thing that I do is the actual gameplay and and talking to you guys. And I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. I love doing it. But it's all that behind the scenes stuff that nobody knows about. That nobody really thinks about. I mean, if you talk to me about it, if you ask me about it, I'm sure, you know, I'm going to give you answers. I'm going to hopefully have answers to all your questions. And, and if I don't know, I'll for sure uh, reach out to somebody that's more knowledgeable than I am. Um, yeah, I'm a little distracted right now. I, I hosted a friend. I hosted Hildish. She'll be on the podcast uh, if she knows what's good for her. Right? So let me just minimize that because I have her stream open. I'm also updating... Uh, GPU drivers and stuff. Yeah, you heard that. Right. Um, I have one to do on this PC too, but I'll do that obviously after I finish recording this. Uh, the gaming rig is, is paramount right now. Um, so it's stuff like that. It's all the behind the scenes stuff that nobody knows about. Like where do you think all my graphics come from? Where do you think all this merch comes from? Where do you think all this comes from? You know what I mean? It it It's time and effort and, and just more of myself being given every day to put into this so I can produce the kind of quality that I want to produce for you that keeps you coming back every day hopefully every day right <coughs> excuse me um I got people to answer to you know what I mean like my, my regulars are out there and y'all know who you are if you listen to this I appreciate it um if you've been sharing the podcast I appreciate it um they show up every day every day wanting now don't take this the wrong way i'm not saying that they want a piece of me like you know like like uh like a lock of my hair or or you know what i mean or, or like the sweat off my brow like like they demand anything from me but i feel uh a bit under the gun a bit pressured to provide entertainment for these folks like i mean they know who they are you know what i mean um and I learned, well, I, it was explained to me, not that I, I mean, I did learn the hard way, but it was explained to me a while ago by uh, the same dude I've been talking about for a while, uh, Cranky Kanak. He was a friend of mine, like I said in, in the first episode, that taught me a lot. He's since passed away. And I think that's where, where the stress really started, like the, the burnout really started. Because um, after he passed away, a lot of us uh, in the community that I'm in, I don't want to say, like, I don't, I don't feel that I lost my way. But I feel like I lost a big part of myself uh, in regards to all this. You know what I mean? The the content creation and, and being creative and being, uh, air quotations, on all the time when the camera's on you. Um, I do have a tattoo to commemorate my friend. It's upside down right there, but that's his, uh, his coffee cup. And it says, rest in peace, Cranky. Um... And I feel like it was around about that time when he passed in, in early October that that it, it just it just really started to hit me. Like, well, who am I going to have to bounce ideas off of now? Who am I going to have to talk to about, you know, tech and, and uh, uh, programs? And, and like, if I'm having any issues, who am I going to talk to? Mind you, I have a huge network of friends. This is no offense to any of them. If you've listened to the, the previous episodes, <clears throat> 
Sean, Corey, Sarah Jane, they're all part of my like my close group of friends and we all bounce ideas off one another. But me and the old man, I think we had something not not special that like it takes away from my my relationship with my other friends, but I felt like he truly understood me. You know what I mean? So when when he passed, I felt like uh like a bit of maybe my creativity or a bit of my motivation to be creative, I feel like that that might have like been put on a back burner. Um, I started running myself really ragged. You know what I mean? Everybody that wanted to do like a sit down with me or wanted me to do commission work for them, like graphics and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. Uh, that noise here, that's that's the gaming PC just rebooting. Um, so I was running myself really ragged, you know, and then like my birthday passed. My birthday was in October. I had an incredible time. Uh, I don't think Sarah and I talked about it um, in the last episode, but uh, we co-streamed together, right? We we played the same game together. And what she didn't know, because my birthday is on Halloween, for those of you that don't know. She didn't know that I was dressing up as her, right? It was incredible. There are clips out there somewhere. I know there is. It's it's probably on my YouTube somewhere. If you go to the uh, the stream highlight section, or if you even ask me for it, if you find me during the day-to-day and you ask me for it, I'm I'm sure I can find it for you. Um, but what I didn't know, she was set to, to dress up as Poison Ivy from, from Batman. What I didn't know is that she went and put on a big old fake handlebar mustache. That's before all of this grew on my face. I uh, got a motorhead shirt and a big sleeve of uh, stick-on tattoos and a trucker hat. I didn't know, right? So, like, for me, I had the, the red wig because she's a fiery redhead. I had the, the fake boobs. I had her shirt. She gave me a shirt with her branding on it uh, when we met in Boston last year. So I wore that. Uh, I had my bandana on because the wig looked horrible. Um, but we made each other laugh and like, we just had a really good time. Uh, should I restart now? I'll restart later. GeForce game ready driver. Yeah. I'll restart later. (laughs) Whatever. It's updated. Um, so we had a ton of fun doing that. And from my birthday, like I felt I had to be on. She, I don't know if you could tell by listening to episode four, she's an incredibly powerful presence. You know what I mean? She gives off her own energy. You know what I mean? She's pocket size. She's half my size. She's like four foot nothing, maybe 98 pounds soaking wet. But she she has this this force about her that people gravitate to. So if I'm going to keep up with that, I have to have that same kind of energy as well. So starting like from my birthday, I'm like, oh, I can't do that every day. Uh, nor should I. Um, then, you know, Thanksgiving came around and Christmas and, and just like all these things. Like, okay, I want to do all these promotions. Um, I want to, I want to change up how I produce content, not the content that I'm producing because I'm pretty comfortable as a air quotations variety streamer. It basically means I, I play pretty much whatever I want. Um, all genres really, except for BR. I can't do the BR stuff. Um, but I felt like I, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to not just to perform, but to provide as well. Um, so all that, like it was coming to a head, you know what I mean? The new year came in my sober anniversary passed and and i had a bunch of people telling me like listen we don't see you or we don't hear from you in a certain amount of time because you're so busy doing all this stuff you know at least like stop send a text give us a phone call and stuff like that and my whole thing's like yeah 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 that's my whole thing yeah 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 i'll get to it (coughs) but then like when when you feel the burnout kicking in you're like damn dude well what am i supposed to do i could have called these same people I could have shot out the text that I was supposed to or or just stuff like that like it it weighs down really heavy on you 
that like I feel I have people relying on me to provide every day. Um, people relying on me to, to like stay clean, stay sober every day. You know what I mean? People relying on me <clears throat> for commission work, just, just a bunch from all over. So when I decided to take this break, right, I knew it wasn't going to be like a two or three day thing. Mind you, I don't, I don't work on weekends, Monday to Friday. That's it. Uh, weekends is more for me, but only now. And again, I've said it before in previous episodes. I don't feel like this podcast is work. It's, it's a creative outlet for me and it, it's more of a, a passion for me. So this for me is not work at all. Um, and again, I appreciate every last listen. Don't get me wrong. I get analytics from, uh, I use Buzzsprout. I don't even know if I can say it out loud. I use Buzzsprout to host my podcast and I get weekly analytics. So the whole five days that I was away, people were still listening to the podcast and I appreciate that. Um, so I don't work on weekends. I don't, but the burnout is real, man. Like the, the thought was always there. Like, what am I missing out on? Believe me, I, I could easily be maybe like a low number, 25% more successful at this thing that I am now if I streamed every day, seven days a week. But I've seen people do this, and when they take breaks, they're gone for days, weeks, or months at a time. I'm not about that life. I cannot be. Um, so for personal reasons, for, for familial reasons, for family stuff, I don't work on weekends. Um, I do take time for myself. I take time for my family. I take time to relax. But when this burnout, like it kicked me in the back of my head, you know what I mean? And uh, when planning this trip, I was like, well, where do I want to go that I know I can unplug from everything and be completely okay with it because I'll be in the middle of what I want to be doing. Memphis. That's right. Memphis, Tennessee, the birthplace of rock and roll. Not a lot of people know that. Um, the hotel was maybe 10 miles south in a little town called South Haven in Mississippi. So, but everything, everything was within 15, 20 minutes driving. Not far at all. I'm thinking shit's going to be far away. It's really not. Every, everything that I wanted to see, everything I wanted to do, <clears throat> excuse me, was, it was there. It was right there. It's not like I'm spending an hour on the road going and coming. So, so for me, that's a plus because I'm a city kid. I'm from New York City, for those of you that don't know. And everything is like point A to point B. It's quick. It's fast. That's what I'm used to. So to get from the hotel to, say, Graceland, okay, the mecca of rock and roll, in 15 minutes was incredible to me. Um, so, like I said, left on Valentine's Day morning at, I, I want to say, like 4.10, 4.15 a.m. Um, took a flight from JFK to Charlotte. Charlotte. Had a 45-minute layover, something like that. But by the time you walk from one terminal to the other, it's like 15 minutes already. Maybe a 20-minute layover, then from Charlotte, bang, Memphis International. Um, as soon as I landed, I was hungry. I was hungry as soon as I landed. Um, I Googled best place in Memphis for breakfast. I was that specific. Um, a bunch of pages popped up, and the same place that was on every list was is called Brothers Juniper. And I tagged them on my Twitter. And their tag is the best breakfast in Memphis. So I was like, okay, we're going to see. We are going to see. Uh, went over there not once, but twice. Okay, in the in the five days that I was gone. So from the airport, went to Brothers Juniper, had incredible breakfast. Um, it's one of those traditional southern breakfasts that you feel your heart slowing down as you eat it. And totally not in a bad way. You know what I mean? Um, from there, instead of going straight to the hotel to check in and all that stuff, even though I'm tired... I wanted to go shoot something because America, it's my right. And 
Thanks, Democrats. We don't have any of that in New York City. Okay? New York City is a completely different story, but we don't claim them. Okay? People in the city do not claim people upstate. It's it's governed differently, so you know what? I don't claim y'all. I'm sorry. Um, it was suggested to me actually by one of the uh, one of the people that work. Let me twirl up my mustache here. One of the people that work in Brothers Juniper in the diner uh, go to Range USA right here in Memphis. I'm like, okay. It was ten minutes away from where I was. Walked in there, and again, I was I was asking for like two weeks prior on the day to day. Like, does anyone know the the shooting rules, the like the laws? Um. In Tennessee, and, and uh, I think everybody got the same answer. Like, yeah, dude, you, you can shoot in Tennessee. I don't know if they'll let you. And the thing about that is, like, when I went to Chicago in October, they have ranges there, shooting ranges. They do. They have concealed carry. Everybody in Chicago straps up, right? But the thing about the range is I have to either have a valid FOID or concealed carry permit or go with somebody with a valid FOID. That's uh, firearm owner's identification. FOID. Or concealed carry permit. If I just walk in, I'm over 21, clearly, with my New York State driver's license, can't do nothing for you, right? So I was afraid of that happening again in Memphis. Walked right in there. The guy said, how you doing? Uh, how can I help you? Have you been here before? I was like, no, I've never been here before. I've never been to Memphis before, but I would like to rent and shoot your firearms, please. He says, are you over 21? I says, yes. He says, do you have ID? I says, yes. Here it is. I showed him my ID. He says, what do you want to shoot? Like, my heart grew three sizes. Like, the Grinch. I was like, oh. <laughs> All my America just, you know. Uh, it came, I was overcome with emotion. Um, that I got to flex my Second Amendment right. And I love it so much. Uh, so, we, I ended up shooting uh, a Remington Model 1911. I love the 1911s. It's my favorite pistol ever. Um, a 9mm Beretta. It was RoboCop's gun. It's, well, it's it's the gun that was based that they based RoboCop's gun on. It's it's the same Beretta that Mel Gibson had in all four Lethal Weapon movies. Even though I think they should have stopped at two, three was okay, but they probably should have stopped at two. Uh, the cop Beretta, basically, um, and an AR-15. Now I see what all the fuss is about. The AR-15 firing platform is an incredibly smooth, accurate rifle. Um, I posted up a picture on my Twitter of the uh, of the groupings because I did I think two two mags. Two 30-round magazines into four separate targets on the same uh, target sheet. You can tell which one wasn't dialed in, but once I was dialed in, all center mass, like proper groupings. But now I see what the fuss is about, about the uh, AR-15. It's incredible. <clears throat> Excuse me. So after flexing my Second Amendment, went to the hotel, checked in, all that good stuff. Um, had dinner, went to sleep. Cause it was a travel day, you know what I mean? I was just extremely tired. Uh, next day, Friday extremely busy did Graceland Sun Records and Marlowe's right in that order Marlowe's is, is a barbecue joint got up that morning like I was I was amped I was excited to go to Graceland because any of you know that know me know that rock and roll is extremely important in my life I would not be half the man I am now if not for rock and roll I can't even think I can't fathom where I would be in my life. Excuse me. <clears throat> I've, been, I've been talking nonstop for six plus hours. I can't like even imagine where I would be in my life if I would even still be alive without rock and roll. It's that important to me. Okay. Um, through the best times in my life and, and the way, way, way down bottom worst times in my life, 
rock and roll was there when nobody else was there. And I don't want anyone to take offense to this, but believe it or not, there are times when people aren't there for you. Um, when nobody was there, just me and my thoughts, rock and roll was there always. Um, it's, it's saved my life. It's, uh, it's accentuated good parts of my life and, and pulled me back from the deep, dark depths that life can get you down into. Um, granted, I, I put myself in a majority of those situations being, uh, a dude in recovery. You know what I mean? I'm an old school booze hound. Uh, whiskey and beer was my dinner of choice. You know what I mean? Um, but rock and roll is, is incredibly important to me without it. I would probably lose my shit. Like I would, I would just be super aggro all the time. Like just majorly aggressive at all times. If I didn't have rock and roll in my life. Um, and I was talking about it and, and it's just one of those things like, like when the, the singer Aaliyah or uh, what's her name? The, the crazy one from TLC left eye when they died. And I would see chicks on the news, like crying and stuff like, like you didn't even know her. What's, what's wrong with you? Like why? But then Lemmy passed away from, from motorhead. This guy right, right here, if you're watching on uh, on the YouTube or on the website, Um, When Lem died, I, I, I can't say that I cried like I started bawling or anything, but I did shed a tear because of how it made me feel. Like, like especially Motorhead. Motorhead is, is really important. In, uh, it's important to me, and, and a lot of the way I carry myself comes from the the rebellious nature of rock and roll um the the can-do attitude the do-it-yourself attitude of rock and roll um it's not all like devil worship and and screaming and shit like that i don't care what the stupid ass kardashians say uh it's not that at all it's rebel music it's 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 meant to pull you back from the brink and it has so when lem died I, i shed a tear i was like well fuck you know what do i do you know um, and like even now at this moment that I'm recording this Ozzy Osbourne who's the last real rebel he's I think he's still in the hospital he had a I think an issue with pneumonia or something like that and he's not a, he's not a spring chicken he's not uh, Oz I wish you the best man Um, but then like I understood what those people were crying about like grand I mean alright Aaliyah wasn't around for as long as say Motorhead or, or Rolling Stones or anything and neither was uh with you know TLC or the crazy chick that set her boyfriend's house on fire left eye I forgot it again um but when Lamb died I, I understood <coughs> excuse me I understood like the uh the emotional connection to not just the people, but to the music itself. You know what I mean? The message of it, what it what it means, like individually, uh, to everyone. And, and I guess to everyone it's different. But, you know, I, I worry about how it makes me feel because that's what's most important to me, right? I worry about how how I'm feeling uh, when I'm in any particular mood. Um, So to go to Graceland, the mecca of rock and roll. Like, I woke up that morning, I was super excited. You know what I mean? Uh, got there, we're pulling up to the gates and everything, big old white gates. Uh, you you know, got your tickets and everything, and then you get on the shuttle. And it, it takes you right across the street. It's dead across the street from, you know, where you get your tickets and everything. You go through those big white gates, and you see this big old house, right? And you know that this is the king's house, all right? Um, in my estimation, is just my opinion, 
that Elvis Presley and the Kennedys are as close to royalty the United States will ever have. You know what I mean? So I walked in, you know, got the introduction to the tour and everything, walked in, and, like, I felt something just overcome me walking into Elvis Presley's house. Like, dude, this this is the king's house. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie, and I said this then, I'll say it now. If any of you have ever been there, it's great, isn't it? But Elvis owned some ugly shit. <laughs> okay, I said it. Fight me. All right? Um... I understand that it was, I guess, the height of fashion, or it was the newest stuff in the '70s, but it was it was ugly shit. I ain't gonna lie, it was it was kind of ugly and off-putting that the king would like so much ugly shit. Uh, but I really thought about it. Like, yeah, the times changed, uh, fashion changed, uh, taste and style, all that changed, and and I get it, you know. Went through the whole big tour of his house. Um, saw his uh, it's. The stables where the horses stay. What's it called? You know, behind the... Wherever the horses were. Okay, there's a couple horses in there. I took a bunch of pictures. Uh, So after I publish this podcast, I'm going to be posting pictures like on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, And we got toward the meditation garden. That's what it's called, right? And little known fact, Elvis, when he passed away, wasn't originally buried where he is now. His body is now committed to Graceland. It wasn't originally buried there. I want to... Don't quote me on this. I want to say he was originally buried in Tupelo, Mississippi. Because that's where he was born. I probably should have looked this up beforehand. But I didn't. Um, My voice is... Again, I've been talking all day. My voice is cracking a bit. I feel like a teenager again. Um, But his father, Vernon... Uh, to avoid like grave robbing. Because, you know, people do that, do that kind of shit. And like vandalism and stuff. Had his body... Uh, exhumed from where it was. Again, it, it might be Tupelo, Mississippi. It might not be. And brought to Graceland, right? So that's like in the meditation area, meditation garden. That's, it's, it's, there was no real like negative feeling of foreboding. You know what I mean? Like, dude, there are people buried here. Like he even has um, a a uh, a plaque for his brother. Little known fact, I don't know how many of you know this, Elvis Presley uh, was a twin. Um, his uh, older brother, Jesse Garen Presley, <clears throat> excuse me, was was uh, was delivered stillborn. And at the time, I found this out through the tour at Graceland. His parents did not know that they were expecting twins. So, right, uh, I don't know. I, again, I don't remember how long after Jesse, uh, he was delivered stillborn. Uh, his mom gave birth to the future king of rock and roll, Elvis Aaron Presley, and I, I thought that was kind of cool. Like he. He never met the man, but he shared a womb with the man. You know what I mean? So he has this uh, this dedication, this placard right on the ground, right there. Jesse Garen Presley. I took pictures of all of it. Like I said, I'll post it up. Um, he's got his mom, his grandma, his dad. And then uh, when I got in front of his headstone, right? And look, even talking about it now, I don't know if you can see it on the camera. All the hair on my arm just raised up. When I got in front of his headstone, here lies Elvis Aaron Presley, right? I felt this shiver shoot right up my spine. <clears throat> and I felt that lump hit me in the back of the throat. And just I was overcome with emotion. Like, I, I felt a tear drawn in my eye. Like, I'm, I'm standing in the presence of royalty. And I posted a picture of of his uh, his headstone on Twitter. And, and the caption, I believe, I put, uh, a king lays here. Like I said, Elvis Presley and the Kennedys are the closest thing to royalty the United States will ever have. 
and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm totally okay with that. I just hit my microphone. Um, so I felt you know I, I just overcome with emotion. Like wow, wow. You know what I mean? Like I knew his body would be located here, but I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't brace myself for the feelings I would feel. You know, and I said, I, I better hurry up and take this picture before I start bawling my eyes out out here. And these people will look at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? But again, it's all fans of Elvis. So I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that would have bawled out crying just looking at the man's headstone, you know? <clears throat> Excuse me. I probably should have taken like a cough drop or something before I hit record, but whatever. Can't take it back now. I'm not starting over. We're like a half hour in. Excuse me. Um... So there I was, you know, standing face to face with the king. And when I took the picture and I'm walking away, I said, thank you, Elvis. Not loud enough for anyone to hear, you know, and there was nobody in my immediate vicinity anyway. But I said, thank you, Elvis, um, because like I said, rock and roll is really important to me. Not was, it is. It, I'm hoping it will continue to be super important to me uh, for the rest of my days. You know what I mean? Uh, so we finished the tour of the house, the jungle room and everything. Jungle room was pretty dope. Not going to lie. Um, and then right after the, the tour bus brought us back across the street, you're like, all right, you guys can, you know, go ahead. Cause all the shops, all the, the souvenir shops and the, the tourist traps, all that shit is across the street. Right. Um, uh, so he went on his planes again. I have pictures uh, of his planes. One of them's called Lisa Marie, uh, crushed green velvet <laughs> from behind the cockpit to the tail of the plane. Um, again, the man loved to excess, and he loved ugly shit. I ain't gonna lie. Um, got up on both of his planes. One was bigger than the other. Um, <clears throat> went into his garage with his cars. I thought I liked like cars, and I do. But like, I don't know why you would need two Rolls Royces, but Elvis had two of them. And uh, like I said, I was talking about my whole trip today on on the day today, and everybody was like, you know what? When you're the king of rock and roll, you can do whatever the fuck you want and you know what you're absolutely right <laughs> you're absolutely right um the man liked his cars he liked his motorcycles again he had planes you know what i mean um a lot of it was a museum to him <clears throat> they had his military uniforms uh for those who don't know elvis did serve in the u.s army um his his dress uniform his uh i guess when he was shipped out in his rock sack was there like everything everything was there um, they had a hall of people that were inspired by him. Like The Rock. The Rock is in there. Um, John Stamos is in there. The audio tour was narrated by John Stamos. Oh, also, another little fact you might not know. You know he played Uncle Jesse on, on Full House. The name Jesse, um, John Stamos, I think he, I'm not sure he had creative license, but he mentioned it as an homage to Elvis's dead brother, Jesse. Who knew? Now you know, right? Um, so the whole audio tour, it was recorded by John Stamos. John Stamos has this huge sign, like, in the, uh, in the hall of people that, uh, that Elvis inspired. Um, <coughs> Johnny Cash, of course, is in that hall. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Joe Perry, Michael Bublé is in there. I actually took a picture. I need to send it to Dan. I totally forgot about it. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, we got some fudge from Graceland. You feel your heart slowing down when you eat that stuff. Uh, from Graceland, got back in the car and went, again, 10 minutes away to Sun Records. For those of you who don't know, Sun Records is where rock and roll was born. Okay? 
went in the store. It's 14 bucks. 14. One for U.S. Freedom Units. All right? And they give you an entire tour. Starts off in the, in the retail section of the store. You go upstairs to the recording studio. It was like a radio studio, right? So they give you a whole history of the people and the brand and how it started and where it is today. It's, for those of you who don't know, it's still a working, functioning studio now. Musicians still record in there. Um, and then we go downstairs into the recording area again. When I walked in, look, look, again, look. The hair is rising on my arms. Look at that. Walking in there is like walking up to the pitcher's mound at Yankee Stadium. Old Yankee Stadium, not the new one. There was no history made there. Okay, that wasn't a house that Ruth built. Uh, I walked in and I got this shiver down my spine because you see all these photographs of legends, right? And right there in front of me, big as day, black and white picture. I don't know who this number is, so I'm not going to answer. Sorry. Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, Elvis, of course, and Jerry Lee Lewis. The Million Dollar Quartet. Okay, that's where they recorded. I, I guess it was some, like, secret <laughs> recordings that they did. Um, they got pictures of everybody that ever recorded there. Roy Orbison. <clears throat> um, they had some old equipment. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that uh, around the 80s, uh, Sun Records was like a ghost town. Nobody knew about it. But U2, you know, Bono, The Edge, those guys, U2. They wanted to record there, and they did, and, and I guess that's what put them back on the map. Who knew? Friggin' Bono sneaking his, his last shitty record onto my phone, son of a bitch. Anyway, um, they marked with, with tape X's on the ground where people stood. Like, I was standing on the same ground as the King of Rock and Roll. I was just like, I was, I was amazed by it. You know what I mean? Again, I had this shiver, like, up my spine. I was like, damn, dude. You know what I mean? It's like standing in the Hall of Kings, really. Um, if any of you don't know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. I should really pop a cough drop while I'm here. But whatever. You, you're going to hear a lot of... I'd rather not put you through that. Unless that's uh, that ASMR stuff that y'all are into. Because I can do that all day. Just... I'm not going to do that, though. Um, and then that night... Left uh, left Sun Records, the historic Sun Records, and went to... Shit, I said the name, didn't I? Marlowe's. Um, everywhere in and around Elvis Presley Boulevard prides themselves on Elvis ate here, Elvis sat here, Elvis played here. Just all kinds of stuff. I mean, Elvis played in Madison Square Garden, too. I'm from New York City. I've been to the Garden a bunch of times. That's not a selling point for me, but whatever. Went there and had the best brisket I ever had in my life. Anyone from Marlowe's, if you're watching or listening, thank you. Um, <clears throat> that, that was all on the Friday, you know, Saturday went shooting again, um, discovered firehouse subs cause we don't have that here. Son of a bitch. I don't know why subway is still a thing. This is just my opinion. I don't know why subway is a thing. Uh, firehouse subs are incredible. Um, Sunday rested, uh, went, went out and about, you know, uh, out and around town, uh, Beale street, the world famous world renowned Beale street. I don't want to say that it's not special, but for me, like I said, I'm a city kid. I'm from New York City, okay? I've seen and done a lot just in New York. So for Beale, for me, Beale Street was, while it's historic, while it was there, it was very wow, but it was, you know what I mean? It wasn't a bad experience whatsoever. Like, we walked into uh, to BB King's, 
the place was packed. They're playing live music. It was an incredible feeling. Um, into candy stores that had candy from like when I was a kid. I, I understand why uh, it's looked at the way it is. It's it's a very special place. You know what I mean? And and it's a public street, but it's understood that it's to be blocked off at all times. Like there's no car traffic allowed. And apparently it's okay to drink on the street. Like to have alcoholic beverages on the street, on Beale Street. For me, that's just weird. Whenever I did it, I was breaking the law. You know what I mean? Um, but you can go walk right up to a bar that has an outside window, order a beer, and walk down Beale Street with it. But I promise you, I promise you, if you leave Beale Street with that beer in your hand, your goose will be cooked. Because uh, there were cops all over the place. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure there's no set law on the books in Memphis. Like, yeah, you can drink only on Beale Street. I'm sure it's an understanding between the general public and John Q. Law. I understand that. So all it takes is one guy or gal to get out there and be stupid on the street and mess it up for everybody. You know what I mean? Me. What are you going to do? Um, but I did walk the whole length of Beale Street and back. Apparently, there's this place called Handy Park. I don't want to know what goes on in there, but it looks historic. It looks majestic. Um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking it. I'm just, I'm not that guy. I'm sorry. Handy Park. I'm sorry. Um, overall, an incredible experience. Uh, coming back home, that that was almost a trip, man. Uh, flew in uh, American Airlines, and as I'm going to take a shower, because checkout at the hotel was like 2 o'clock, so it was like quarter after 1 already. I happened to look at my phone. Your flight has been delayed till 5.13 a.m. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? What? Phone calls were made. Uh, hell was raised. We got a direct flight. I can never remember the word direct. We got a direct flight from Memphis to LaGuardia, which is a shithole, by the way. Um, the, the only catch was that it left in an hour from, from the time the phone call was made. So I had to rush, 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 <clears throat> excuse me. Um, get the car back, the rental car, get the car back, go through security. And I don't know if you know, by looking at me, TSA loves to touch me. I'm not saying like it's for no reason. I'm sure y'all are doing your job, but Jeff, you were a little handsy the other day. Okay. I'm not sure if his name was Jeff. They don't wear name tags and shit, but he looked like a Jeff. Okay. Um, apparently, cause I was hot, like I was sweaty and shit, you know, cause we're rushing. So I get like right here, this spot over my left shoulder on my back, like it popped through their total recall machine. I don't know what it's called, but I call it the total recall machine. Cause you gotta get in there, put your hands up. It goes, you know, um, so he gives me the whole rundown. Uh, we're gonna have to pat you down, you know, with the back of my hands, we're gonna go up your thigh and, you know, check your waistband and all that stuff. And he looks at me, he's like, now, is here okay, or would you rather go to another room? I'm like, Jeff, this is not a date, okay? Again, I don't know if his name is Jeff. This is not a date. Just do your job, all right? I'm just, I already don't have a belt and shoes on, okay? Just do your job. Um, of course, cleared right up, because all it was was sweat on, on the back of my shirt. Um, we had, had to book straight down to the gate, and by the time we got there, um, it was time to board. So instead of, the original plan was to take, the same way back the way I got there. Uh, Memphis to Charlotte, Charlotte to Kennedy. But the straight shot, you know, got me in four hours before I was supposed to, which is which is great. But at the same time, LaGuardia, you are a shite hole, okay? Take it from a New Yorker. In Kennedy, when you come out of the gate, you go to the taxi line. You know what's right outside? Taxis. In LaGuardia, you come out of the gate, you go to the taxi line. You know what's outside? A bus that takes you to the taxis. What? What? Why? Why? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, back home now. 
I made this note to put uh put stuff and things on there. <clears throat> I'm back now. I do feel rested. I do feel reinvigorated. I do feel as creative now as I did over the summer. And a lot of changes happened over the summer uh, for me and, and the content that I produce. So I feel like I'm right back there, and um, I hope I'm, I'm able to produce uh, for you, outside of just this podcast, which I'm hoping you're enjoying, um, to the best of my ability, you know what I mean, and, and not have it feel like, like I'm dragging ass or anything. I, I want to be the best for you. Um, so again, this is episode 4.5 of the Rated R for Rooster podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you did. Um, all the editing and all that post stuff is going to happen right now. It is 4.50 p.m. All the post stuff is going to happen right now. Uh, so again, thanks for listening, guys. Um, be on the lookout for episode 5 that's being recorded this weekend with 4th Room Brewing, a.k.a. Dan the Man, a.k.a. Noxu Cow, a.k.a. It Means the White Warrior. Okay, We're going to hang out. We're going to talk um, all things nerdery, ner- 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 nerderonomy. You know what I mean. We're going to nerd out. We're going to get nerd boners and go, a whole lot. A whole lot. Guys, thanks again for listening, and I will see you all on the internet.